What's going on, Spitfires? Welcome back to another episode of the Spitfire Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lemonian, the Spitfire Coach. It is uh, bright and early on Monday morning as I'm recording this. We just had daylight savings time, and I don't know about you, but I'm like completely whacked out. I was up at four in the morning, couldn't go back to sleep, and then woke up at eight, and I never sleep that late. But technically, it's really not that late. I'm sure we're not, you don't really want to talk about daylight savings time and how, uh, It just needs to go away, and we just need to be in time. But before we get into today's show that is not about daylight savings time, I have some news for you. If you have not been following SpitfireCoach.com, well, you need to because we are offering monthly webinars, free monthly webinars, in fact, that are there to support you in your Spitfire journey to help you really embrace and accentuate all the amazing things that make you a Spitfire leader. Last month we did uh, a webinar on From Referee to Coach. That is available for replay. You can actually listen to it as a podcast, so you can just plug it in your ear. You don't even have to watch it. If you do want to watch it, we have subtitles on it. You just have to go to SpitfireCoach.com and under Learn, you will see the replay. Now coming up on March 23rd, we are putting out a a very highly sought after topic that only our private clients have been able to really experience. We have customized the workplace resentment release process, taking it from learning it as a 12 step, we have condensed it into 10 steps. And on March 23rd at 11 a.m. Eastern, we're sharing the process. So you are gonna get a workbook, you're gonna work through it, and you might in fact release some resentments on March 23rd, spaces are going fast. We we have 75. We had 75. Uh, we have over 50 people signed up, and we will be capping it at 75 because we want to make sure we have enough space for people. So, head on over to SpitfireCoach.com under Events. It's on the calendar. You can sign up. Make sure you do. Make sure you get that confirmation because we don't want you to miss out. And uh, keep checking back for upcoming events. We can't wait to see you there. All right, so last year we had a guest on the podcast and we talked about the upcoming turnover tsunami, which is now called the Great Resignation. We love our big titles. But I want to talk today about something that I'm noticing that I'm not really seeing anybody talk about that people need to be aware of. And it's not about people leaving their jobs. It's not about people looking for jobs. No, it's people who are showing up turning on their computer, logging in, but not showing up, if you know what I mean. As I was researching uh, for the webinar that we did on From Referee to Coach last month, really the morning of, I stumbled upon a term that I had not heard of before, presenteeism. So we know what absenteeism, it's when people don't show up to work. We can very easily track that. We can look at, okay, they called out sick, you know, they they li- they keep taking time off, we can see numerically like in someone's employment record, are they missing a lot of work? And we can usually say, hey, you've missed a lot of work this month, what's going on? But with presenteeism, we don't really have a way of tracking that unless you're like one of those companies that's got like spyware and looks for activity on people's computers, which kind of creeps me out, Uh, I'm not going to lie, because we shouldn't always be grilled and glued to our grilled. We shouldn't be glued to our screens because honestly it gives me a headache. And there's a lot of deep work that you actually should be pulled back from and working on pen and paper or kind of just reading non-screen literature. 
That's besides the point. Why do why should we care about presenteeism? Well, imagine that you are that employee. You might have felt this way, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit. But when you're showing up to work and you're either distracted, you're stressed out, uh, you might be avoiding people, you may not be feeling creative or productive, you're not feeling great about yourself. Like you get hired to do a job and then you're not doing the job, you're probably thinking, when am I going to get found out? Or let me go do busy work so that people think that I'm working really hard. So either one is not necessarily moving the needle forward, and it's not going to get us recognized for doing a good job. We're, we're still showing up, but we're not showing up in our best way. And in fact, when it comes to presenteeism, it actually knocks down our productivity by 70%. And I've got my thoughts on productivity. But if you're showing up, and you're showing up as 70% less than your most effective self, how are you really feeling? And then what is that doing? in your interactions with your colleagues. How are you impacting your team? And so I'm gonna flip that. If you are a manager or team lead and you notice you've got presenteeism impacting your teams, what do you do? What are your options? And so I hear from leaders, Lauren, how do I motivate my team? And that's usually a red flag to me that, oh, we got some presenteeism happening. And in fact, this is what I think is leading to the great numbing that nobody's talking about. And why is that? Well, because over the last two years, and we just passed the two-year mark of the pandemic, we have all experienced extreme stress, compounded trauma. There's been a lot of loss, grief. There's been fear. There's been uncertainty. And now we have the conflict, the war, the un unintended or the unactivated or whatever you want to call it, we have people literally dying on screens in front of us. We, we turn our phones on in the morning and are inundated with these headlines that are meant to create a high-level stress reaction. So we're being activated in a not-so-great way, and our nervous system is going crazy. Like It's literally like, what's next? And we literally walk around feeling like the next shoe is going to drop. And in fact, like 27 shoes have dropped already. And we're like, we only have two feet. Why do we have so many shoes? But imagine what that does to your focus and concentration. In fact, most of my clients in the last two weeks are like, Lauren, I can't focus. Like, I don't know what's going on, but like everything feels fuzzy. And I said, do you feel numb? They're like, yeah, I feel numb. And so I realized that there has been a disconnect from the head, the heart, and the gut in a way to help people compartmentalize. If you think about the brain as maintaining homeostasis. It's their processing information, looking for patterns, trying to make things easy for us, but it's also looking for threats. So imagine if the, the thoughts that we have, if the images we see, if the headlines that are coming in, or our just general fear about the world are constantly triggering these traumatic events, our brain's like, whoa, like we can't handle this. Our, we know our body can't handle this. It has been through enough. So it starts to shut things down. So we're still feeding the cycle. We're like, well, I have to know what's going on because I need to know like what I need to do. But then there's the feeling of, of helplessness and hopelessness. Like, what do we do? We're not in positions of influence. You know, we are not big decision makers on what the response is for Ukraine. We can't, you know, go and, and uh, resolve the pandemic single-handedly. Like, it's beyond our scope of influence. But yet our brain keeps thinking, well, what do you want to do? What should you do? You, keep, you should keep going. Go, 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 go. And so we create this overwhelm and overload to the point where then we'd fry out. So 
if you look at the stages of burnout, the first step, the first stage is actually over-assuming what we can do. We get this like surge of adrenaline, the cortisol really just goes up, which is great in short-term bursts. The problem is it's not sustainable. It wreaks havoc on our body, our hormones, our brain functions. Extreme stress is so dangerous for us. And yet, stress is addictive. It's what sells newspapers. It's what gets people watching TV shows. It's what keeps us coming back to social media. The amount of doom scrolling that's happening, looking, seeking it out, looking for disturbing images to you know, almost reinvest that feeling, that righteousness, but it's not serving us. And so whether you are part of this, if you're feeling this numbing out, or you are working on a team, I guarantee you have team members who feel this way, you are therefore impacted. So we need to have a fresh approach in how we're managing this numb out. So what are the signs of numbing out? Well, there's, there's a general checkout. So people are there, but they're not really there. They're not participating in phone calls. Or on the flip side, they might be really agitated. They might be so into things that they want to get everybody else riled up. And so the big thing here is that there is not one way of noticing this. But what you can notice is, is the work getting done? Yes or no? Are we meeting our deadlines and goals? No? Okay that then creates an opportunity for inquiry. And so this is where we have to kind of really like lace up our boots as leaders and have those necessary conversations, not in an accusatory way, but in a, hey, here's what I'm noticing. So you haven't been yourself, and I know that things are really like all over the place in the world. I know I'm affected. I'm just wondering, how are you affected? This gives the other person the ability to acknowledge it in themselves. And I think that's the biggest gift we can give to people saying, I see you. We are so disconnected more than ever. I mean, the amount of isolation that's happening. I work with a company that is 100% asynchronous and global. And I was like, who do you talk to about this aside from me in our sessions? Well, nobody, because nobody understands. Could you imagine holding on to all of that trauma, all of that, that stress, and not feeling like anybody else understands? So that's what happens, is we go internal, we isolate, or we lash out, but either one pushes people away. It doesn't allow people to really see us and connect for what we need. So that's the first step, is to acknowledge it, to say, here's what I notice, and the THINK acronym works beautifully here. So what is true, what is most helpful, what is my intent, what do I notice, and how do I show kindness? And then we just give people space. So they may not wanna talk. In a professional setting, they may not wanna bring this stuff up, but what you do is you create the space for when they are ready to talk. You just say, I know, I know that things are different for you. I know that things are hard for you right now, I can tell based on you know your performance a month ago even during the pandemic you know we were able to kind of get through this so um, I'm here to help you I'm here to support in any way I can and maybe we can have a, a revisit uh, in a couple days when you've had some time to process it this signals of oh somebody notices that I'm not at my best or that I'm not being myself and ultimately we all just want to feel like ourselves again it's been a long time we have been dealing with it everybody has and and another thing to remember is people's experience will be different depending on their proximity to the issue 
Let me say that again. People's experience will be different depending on the proximity to the issue. So if you have people on your team who are of Ukrainian descent, who are in countries that are surrounding Ukraine, who may have family members in Russia, or have friends that are in Ukraine, or any number of things, they are going to feel it on a much more intense level, and they may not want to talk about it. But here's another tip. You need to be conscious where they are and how they're showing up and the environments you're creating for them. I, I had a conversation with one of my clients who is in one of those categories, and she was just like, people act like nothing's wrong. They act like everything's fine. Someone showed up all goofy and wanting to play a game on a team call and wondered why I didn't want to participate. So people are doing a good job on a one-to-one -one basis, but there is absolutely room to create safe spaces when people are going through traumatic experiences. Maybe it's about ratcheting down the uh, jubilation when people are grieving, because that's what it is. We're grieving. Um, they're grieving. They're afraid. Uh, they are in crisis right now. So they are actually like in a survival mindset of how do I get through this day? So if you look at the Ma at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and I know that I am spitting out some concepts left and right. So if you have any questions, please let me know. Um, and I'll dive deeper in, in, a, in a future episode. But if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you have people who are showing up on the team at this kind of self-actualization of like, let's, let's work together, let's collaborate. But people who are in crisis, who are in survival, are just wondering, how am I going to eat? How am I going to have enough energy to like get through this day? So we have to make sure that people are okay. And they may not be okay, okay, like everything's fine. And in fact, if you hear the word fine, that is a brush over term. And just give people space. Acknowledge like, I know, like, how are you feeling today? Do you need anything? Because what's happening is that p these people feel guilty because they have survivor guilt and they also see their colleagues who they perceive as having it worse pushing through. And what I had to explain to one of my clients is if you are in it, you want anything to distract you, anything that feels normal. So if work is normal for you and you have connectivity, you are going to dive headfirst into it because you literally have conflict at your doorstep. So everyone's experience is different. And I think the big thing is to reassure people that they're okay and whatever they need to take care of themselves to get their essential needs, their crucial and critical needs met, is okay, and that you're there to support them. This is empathy to the next level. But the worst thing we can do is go on like nothing has happened, because those are microaggressions. When we discount and dismiss someone else's experience, we don't allow them to show up as they are. People that are feeling this way don't want to bring the mood down. They feel guilty even talking about it. But to carry on with goofy games and, and being silly when someone else is really like on the verge of breaking down, it, it just makes them feel like they, they aren't seen, that they don't belong. And ultimately, as human beings, all we want is to feel like we belong. 
So the way that we deal with the great numbing, and we're actually going to do an executive forum on this next month in April. So if you are, in, are, are interested in participating in that discussion and how you're handling it and facing it in your company, uh, we're doing it by invite only. So feel free to send me an email, lauren at spitfirecoach.com. But we're going to be talking about it. what strategies can we equip our managers with, our leaders, our our HR reps, how are we handling it? Because it's there, it's already rippling through and presenteeism is probably the, the first sign of it. Uh, but then you're gonna see some ripple out effects that are gonna have much more of an impact with uh, team morale and turnover and everything else. There, this is the opportunity for your organization to reinvest back into your organization rather than just say, you know, it's standard operation. It's carry on. Let's keep going. Um, honestly, like the whole carry on, like, you know, the world's falling apart. Keep carrying on. Like, no, this is where we need to stop and really see people on an individual level and notice things and help them. We need to reconnect back in. So it's not about resetting because that to me says we're on an individual path. We need to reconnect back into what matters most to one another to see each other as human beings first and foremost and to take care of one another. It's the only way we're going to get through this beyond just profits, but like as a, as a human existence. So where we have the opportunity to help others, where we have influence, where we have privilege, this is where we need to step up and take care of each other. So if you notice something, it is your duty to do something. And I'm going to leave you with that today. And I hope that uh, this inspires you to reconnect back with your team, to check in with yourself, to see where you might be numbing out and where you may need support. And if you do need support, feel free to reach out. Uh, Lauren at SpitfireCoach.com. If you have a topic to bring up, we'd love to hear it. And if you're interested in any of our educational events, head over to SpitfireCoach.com. And thanks so much for listening.